Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your hosts. I am Pastor David. We got Pastor Caesar. Feel so safe. <laughs> we got James. <laughs> and we got a special guest, maybe our top listener. We're going to start bringing some of our top listeners in. So, Jimmy, get ready. You're going to come on in. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a part of this thing. But we got Chavo in the building tonight. Che- Wait, here we go. Applause. Here it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome. Well, hello. <laughs> I saw Chevo in Caesar's car when we we pulled up at the same time, and I did not know he was going to be here. There was just a, a genuine. Oh, I was so pumped! It, it was it was pumped. a genuine joy on James' face. Anytime Chevo shows up, I oh, always just want to be the fly on the wall. It's just a party, bro. When, when Chevo's here, it's just a party. No, nah, really, he just paid us to be here. So you know what? If you want, <laughs> <laughs> we're not monetized, but we're taking offerings. There we go. <laughs> Pass the plate. I said, Pass it. Are you guys? Because I didn't get any. Of no, no. Y'all ain't oh, split it oh, up. Yeah, we, well, yeah, well, y'all messed up. Now. I'm gonna split it up later. Yeah. <laughs> y'all could pay me with tacos. Tacos? Okay, mini tacos. Jack in the box. Yes. They give me heartburn. Man, had me some good tacos this weekend. Mm. Yeah. Tacos tech. They were good. We just got a taco truck in our little part of the. You got a taco truck over here? Yeah. Man. I don't know if I trust it. It's a pollo taco. Polo. Polo. Polo pretty good, man. Pretty good for you know a bunch of white people. I mean, they're Mexican, but <laughs> for a bunch of white people in this area. Now, is this like one of those taco trucks where it's uh, you know they charge a premium because of the neighborhood that they're in? I feel so, bro. I feel Probably. so. You know, you can get a taco truck in the hood for like two bucks. You get a taco. You get four tacos. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. a decent price. They want two tacos. And rice and beans for like ten bucks. Bro, they, oh. had, they had rice and beans. Yeah, they got rice and beans from a taco truck, man. So how late are staying up or open? Well, they only open for dinner too. That's no, the other thing. That's not a taco truck. They only no. open for dinner. I think these guys like what's work. the quality though? Are they good? It was actually pretty good. If they're really closing good. anytime before. One o'clock. It's yeah, not gonna not be good. Good. you know, no. this is one of those topics that I'm I, I consider on a regular basis. Okay, because <laughs> yes, tacos. Yes. So how are y'all doing about tacos? <laughs> look, look. Before this whole food truck pandemic pandemia hit us where everything is a truck and now it's truck related uh-huh. we go over here to get gelato we go over here to get coffee we go over here to get this we go over here to get that my people come on. my brown people come on they have been in these trucks okay for decades before it was cool and you would go and and then you would tell somebody and then they'd get all up in arms about it and say ew we would never get food off of a truck what is wrong and then they look at you with their pious nose just looking down Mm -hmm. at you right you feel the disdain just coming off and dripping off them right and then they're all like and they're like i can't believe you did that right fast forward a couple years later right now everybody's all about the taco or the truck Mm -hmm. culture and then this is what it's the same food okay it's the same food but now they slap gourmet in front of it gourmet ice cream gourmet coffee gourmet tacos and then they charge three four dollars more they upcharge it and i'm like we've been doing it all along i've known it before there were taco trucks see because i worked in the refineries so we didn't call them oh the taco trucks here we call it the roach roach coach the best it was the best i have um 
I'm I'm rounded. You're, pl- of the you're, pl- you're pl- pleasantly plump. <laughs> yeah, I remember eating the the taco trucks before they even ran. Right, they would just pull an old <laughs> yeah. bus off the side yep. of the road. Right, mm-hmm. and then they would just serve lunch out of it. Mm-hmm. Now these they actually run. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then every bearded skinny jean wearing. Okay. All those guys. We're talking about you. Yeah, they're out there clogging the lines up. I'm just trying to get a simple street taco. Yeah. So that's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to get a gourmet taco. Exactly. Just a you know corn tortilla with some beef fajita, cilantro, onion, and a little bit of cheese. You just went yeah. to the wrong truck. It, man. It's like but we, you got to go to a different. But this one. one uses you know this organic aioli. Ain't nobody got time for aioli. <laughs> no, just bring me off some of that crumbly cheese on there. <laughs> you know, there's in my mother-in-law's. Queso fresco. Yeah, Queso come on. Fresco. Hey, I'll come say, on. look, I was doing i was a stagehand at i want to say it was the lumineer show at white oak several mm. years ago and was that before they became like gigantic no white oak was white oak's been no not white oak the lumineers oh no they were pretty big it was their it was at least their second album touring i mm. think i think that was the show anyway that's not the point the <laughs> point was i was a stagehand at some show there and so for all the workers there they had a taco truck uh, for lunch and I went and they had really good tacos it was great and mm-hmm. they bought it for us like I, it lunch was like provided so I didn't have to pay for it um, but at some point I was trying to like I had just eaten and I think I went back to get some napkins or something but this massive storm came out of nowhere like like hurricane kind of stuff it wasn't an actual hurricane but you know the kind like you got you can't drive or anything like just out of nowhere force winds it wasn't that bad but it was it was horrible like if you were to step out into the rain for more than literally about a second or two you'd come in just drenched yeah lieutenant dan screaming at the yeah and so me and me and some whatever random friend i had made that day uh we were stuck under the awning of the taco truck and it was just like splashing all on us, and we were we were just sitting there like, what are we supposed to do? Because we had to be there for another like twelve hours because mm-hmm. it was only like two in the afternoon. And the 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 hipster dudes in the taco truck told you they banged go. on the door and they said he like he like <laughs> flew, was trying to hold the door open, just struggling because the winds were so strong, and he's just barely holding. He's like, he's like, guys, get in here! <laughs> and we said thank you, and we ran in the taco truck, and we just hung out there with him for like forty five minutes while the storm went away, because you know that's how did Texas it, weather did it is. smell like burlap and craft no, beer? No, it just smelled like tacos and stuff. <laughs> but they were super cool. They both used to work in like fancy restaurants, and then but they were just tired of like the fancy restaurant world, and they wanted to do their own thing. Were they wearing plaid? They were. I don't remember what they were wearing. This they were wearing plaid. Idea. But what? they were cool, so they made their own place. <laughs> and they, no, you cannot wear skinny jeans or plaid. No, 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 no. You talking about the smell of my tacos, dude? Why do we not have a cologne that smells like tacos? Taco because you just need taco. tacos to get it. Yeah. <laughs> just drip a little of that juice on your belly. That's <laughs> <Yeah. right>? it. <laughs> you talk about that. So you said that. That's funny. Um, today we had a. The, a the picnic. picnic. We outside, had a picnic. Right? So um, how did that go? Out. I missed it. It was fantastic. It was good. Or so, church right Elam church, church, church thirty two hundred South Ritchie Houston Texas seven seven zero one seven. It's the church with right the under trees. a palm tree. Uh, the, the, it it the was purple. it was actually under that big. Uh, what, what, I don't know, is that it an tree. oak tree? Yeah, what do we have an oak tree? Oh, back in the back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, okay. very cool. So Sarah. Um, she's very known to make her cookies, Sarah Almaguer. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. So she's real known to make her cookies. Shout out Almaguer. Shout yeah. out. Shout out. Uh, all y'all watching the people cookies. out there. 
Sarah Amager. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get excited, right? Because she got a cookie. I had just made a stain on my white shirt from a pizza because I threw the pizza on the grill because that's the only way to reheat a pizza, throw it on the grill. And so I had just cleaned it off, right? So now she gives me a cookie and I have a Coke in my hand. But I get too excited about the Coke <laughs> and uh, about the cookie. And okay. as I ate the cookie, I was holding the Coke and pour all the whole Coke on me. How, wait, wait. I'm trying to figure out how. Like, <laughs> so you got a Coke. Stop, I got a cookie. I'm trying to figure you're gonna, it out. You're going to hurt Nobody. your head. Like, when they're in the same hand? I already know no like, more. At this point, look, because I, I bought one of those little small Cokes, yeah, you know, yeah. to, to not drink a lot of Coke. Cut back on the calories. I get it. Right. Cut back on the calories. So I guess I just grabbed it with the same hand and then I tried to drink and eat at the same time but what was more funny was I was looking at Becca the youngest one and her eyes opened up and she starts laughing she goes Chavo and I'm like what and I looked down it's just an orange so you just, didn't even feel it no I was too busy eating that cookie I was like cooking much I didn't care no more it was like like we, it was just like ten minutes into the event Man, he just knows. about and I had just finished cleaning the stain from the pizza <laughs> And then Arrow was like, dude, do you need a bib or something? But there was a little kid out there without a t-shirt. I was like, I'm just going to be like that kid. Just take off my shirt and be in the church parking lot like that. Oh, I'm glad you did. No, oh, man. <laughs> Which is did. a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's Florida going these days? Anybody know how Florida Florida, doing? shout out Florida. Everybody's getting their, their, their quarantine shot or, I mean, their uh, COVID shot. I, I just watched the UFC last night. They were in Jacksonville, Florida. And sold out crowd, thirty seven thousand people. They are thirty seven thousand masks, you say? No mask. No, maybe four. <laughs> maybe four masks, thirty thousand people. Wow. And they were doing their thing. Hey, so. let them do their thing. I'm glad we're kind of going back to whatever normal might be, but anyway, so Florida I was just kind of uh just kind of in the uh Reddit meme uh, wormhole and uh this came up here. And I thought I'd, I'd, I thought this is good to share. It says, if written like a news report, Florida, this is for you. If written like a news report, what stories from the Bible were done by Florida man? One, Florida man beats 1,000 men to death with donkey bone. Gets regrettable haircut. Gets regrettable. <laughs> Gets out with the misdemeanor after four days. Somebody added a comment. Says, claims his mullet is the source of his strength. <laughs> That's good. And then somebody else comments on that one. Girlfriend cuts off his mullet when he is drunk. <laughs> That's funny. Next one. Florida man ties 300 foxes together. Straps a little torch to each. <laughs> Hey man, they lay lay off my boy Samson. All right, uh, Samson was cool. Man, he was probably from Florida. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was about to say. A Florida man drives two thousand pigs to mass suicide by drowning. Yeah. Florida man sells brother into human trafficking and pretend he was killed by alligators. Wow. Yeah, and it just goes on and on and on. Florida man feeds children to bears. <laughs> What even is that one? I don't even know that story. That Flo- was like a real headline. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It accident. was uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
uh, what's his face? Oh man, I'm a preacher and I should. It's they say, come, uh, come down, thou bald head. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! I've been saved a long time, bro. <laughs> no, man, no, you know what? Staring into David's eyes. Come down, <laughs> down bald you baldy. You, you know no, not you, Steve. David. Look, hold on, hold on. It's it's gonna bother me if I don't pick the, pick this up. Now. Not, yeah, yeah. This one's not ringing a bell to me. Elisha, Elisha, okay. Elisha, Second Kings. Right. This is so y'all can go back and fact check me. Second Kings chapter, uh, chapter two, verses twenty three to three. You know what? Let's just go ahead and read it. Come on. Let's read. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel, because that's how you say it. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out of the town and jeered at him. Get out of here, Baldy! They said. Oh, by the way, this is the NIV version, right? I've never heard but, this story. Get yet. out of here, Baldy! They said, "Get out of here, Baldy!" He turned around, looked at them, looked at them, called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears in the King James version it says she bears, which okay, is wonderful. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled forty-two of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, is that hilarious, Caesar? Yeah, Caesar just, child slaughter. He's a little dark today. He's just, he's just like slaughtered. <laughs> Goodness crazy. It's gonna be safer in my. Who day, said reading the Bible is not fun? That's what I always say. Y'all need to read this thing, man. It's pretty good stuff. Elisha, it eluded me, but yes, she bears. Anyway, and it goes on and on and on. But yeah, you can find this anywhere. Just so, just you know, if if the Bible read like a Florida man story look it up you know what uh, text us email us put it on our social media whatever if you find a good florida man bible story so shout yeah out. there you go all right shout out to florida let's get right into culture corner to me i'm about to go about to go about to go Four straight podcasts, <laughs> and he's never went yet. Any second, one of these, one of these days, one of these days, I'll, I'll go for you. <laughs> one of these days, he'll get through puberty. <laughs> I'm uh, about to send some she bears. <laughs> uh, oh man! See, you know what? <laughs> oh, James, what you got for culture corner today? Uh, it's not very happy at all. It's really sad. Oh man, it's a downer mm. for sure. Um, so these two teenage boys uh, from where did it say it was Allen, Texas. Allen, Texas. Yeah. Texas. Um, this happened not too. Did it have a date on this article? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I think it was published like a- April 9th. So yeah, not that long ago. Uh, anyway, so these two boys, uh, one was seventeen, the other one was about that same age. They both suffered from severe depression, anxiety for like their whole lives. Um, they lived with their parents, and one of them had a twin sister. Uh, so 17 as well, and their grandmother, who was like around 70 years old. And the um, the two boys that were all super depressed and stuff, they would like cut themselves all the time and all that kind of stuff. They decided to, uh, they were going to kill themselves, and they killed their whole family along with them. Mm. So they, uh, they made a little plan. They each grabbed a gun. Uh, one of them took the parents and the other one took the sister and the grandma and then they went back and killed each other and uh, right before they did that they posted a little thing on Instagram uh, saying that they had just killed their family and killed themselves too and this is why and then they listed all these reasons do you remember any of those reasons so one of them was 
Uh, they've been super depressed and socially anxious and stuff for forever. Um, and they were just saying it never got better. It's always bad. Talk about like cutting themselves every day kind of stuff. So they were, so that was why they wanted to just end it all. Mm -hmm. Um, said they killed their families because their families actually loved them so much and they would have been so hurt if they killed themselves. So they said, we better kill the families too. So they don't have to live with us being dead, which is pretty twisted. But anyway, so that was that. Um, another one, which was weird was apparently they were both super fans of the office, the American version, and uh, one like it listed just in here in these all these like serious reasons. I guess this was serious too. I don't know. They said the office should have ended whenever Michael left the show, and it should not. It was like a big rant about really. Yeah, they should have never kept going. It should have just ended whenever Michael left the show. It was never the same, and, and that was just like inserted in there. Apparently, if you would have said something like they had a rant about taco trucks and gourmet, no. uh, I would have. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Hey, hey, man. But yeah, so they did it. And uh, yeah, it was super sad. It wasn't that long ago. It was in Allen, so it's not even that far away. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a bummer. That's sad. It is sad because um, I'm actually dealing with some of that stuff in my own family right now. Uh, this, this past week, my mm -hmm. cousin killed herself. Mm -hmm. uh, Sorry to hear that. Yeah, so we just did the memorial service uh, Saturday. But um, there's something about that. There's something mm -hmm. truly about being physically, spiritually, and emotionally healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we get those three lined up, that's where we're going to prosper in our life the most, you know. And I think that over the years, especially my parents' age and even the people in my generation, that's always been one of those things that like, oh, you got to go to a therapist or, you know, they kind of mm -hmm. think you're crazy or you have something wrong with you. And that the, but the more that, <clears throat> excuse me, the more that we see some of these you know, famous people talk about going to therapy and, and doing some things like that. I think the culture really started to change about how we look at those things and start getting the proper help that we need. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's there's been more and more Christian counselors that are going through, you know, studies to be able to help Christian people. So, I mean, if you're going through some mental health stuff like that, man, I just really encourage you to reach out, find you a Christian counselor, go to your pastor, go to your, you know, the people at your church and, um, See if they can find some help for you. Even if they can't meet your needs there, um, we can, you know, as as leaders in the church, we can find other people. You know, we have places like Sagemont that do some just tremendous counseling here in Houston mm -hmm. and different places like that. Yeah. Um, and then more and more that you know, we have different types of insurances and stuff. Um, they cover stuff like that now, which they they didn't before. So it's crazy. Yeah, there was such, there's such a social stigma on that, and there's always been a social stigma yeah. on that, but getting help. Any way you can, just reach out and reach out to people that are going to keep you accountable to actually going to get help. Yeah, and I think it's, it's really important for the people around you. Like if you know, if you have somebody in your family, friends that are dealing with some of those things, um, thinking about what they were saying about the office and how their family loved them so much that they couldn't live yeah. without them. So they killed them too. like these are people that are not in their right state of mind. Yeah, I was just thinking about my uh, buddy. DJ Primo, he was the top Christian, you know, um, DJ there was, you know, he was a, the DJ, you know, he screwed music, he did everything. And he was, he traveled all over and he was in the military and everything. And when he died, I mean, people come from all over the world and posted on his social media and just like how he, he, his music changed their lives and things like that. So these people are not in their right minds. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The day before he killed himself, he was just like, how could I live without my kids? And the next day he kills us. You know.
So. Yeah, it was that one. I just remembered another one of the reasons they listed was uh, the they said the gun gun control laws are a joke in this country. Uh, we were able to just walk in and buy a gun. Uh, and one of the answer, one of the questions they're supposed to answer whenever getting the gun was, "Do you have any mental health issues?" And they were like, "But get this, we lied and said no," and that was like a big thing that they put on there too. But yeah, it was super sad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that gun control thing, man, <clears throat> it's uh, something we could debate. But mm-hmm. my thing is, like, if you take them away from us, the bloods in the crib ain't going to give them up, mm-hmm. you know? So they just come into our house and do whatever they want yeah. with us. And so, but I, I do believe that we do, we could, you know, strengthen those laws a little bit and uh, just make sure that the, that the right people get them. I'm even up for, like, man, you have to go to your doctor type deal and get, you know, Examine to make sure you're you're right. That's a hard conversation to have yeah. with anybody on whatever so, side of the political aisle they're on. Yeah, that man. is just a hard conversation to have. It Especially is. when you throw in like actual like dead Data. people that yeah. are part of the conversation. Yeah, because it's hard to have like a legitimate conversation without it being super emotional about like, well, these guys died. Those are the kind of conversations just kind of ruin a dinner for me. You yeah. know? Yeah, and especially when you talk about suicide. So there's like. As many murders with guns, there's that many suicides. Like the suicide mm-hmm. brings that that death toll way up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just just get healthy, guys. I mean, that's that's what I say. Just get healthy. Get the the more you eat right, the better emotionally and spiritually you are too. So yeah. I think a lot of that goes hand in hand. It's just not one or the other. You can't you know be spiritually healthy and not physically and, and emotionally healthy. You need you, you kind of. Try to do it all, you know. Don't spend all your money on gourmet food trucks. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, something a little bit more positive, but uh, <sighs> that stuff is uh, super man. important, man. Like I said, I was that's kind of kind of heavy on my heart. James didn't want to share it at first. So I was just like, yeah, let's I go said, and share it, man. I'm, I said this one's too dark, y'all. Yeah, no, I'm sure we're gonna get into it later on to what we're talking about our main topic today. But yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get there for sure. And I, you know, I, I wanted to discuss it because I, I didn't even tell these guys that I wasn't even going through that. That's why I wanted to just kind of put it out there. But through this COVID deal, there was some pretty cool stuff that uh, that was happening. The Mason Street United Methodist Church they have linked up with. RIP Medical Debt, and uh, they're a nonprofit. And what they do is they go out and they can find these medical debts and buy these medical debts with pennies on the dollar. A lot of times, a penny on the dollar. So this um, this Methodist group they went out there and they purchased a million dollars worth of medical debt and paid it off for people. So I thought that was a pretty cool deal. The only thing that is kind of like, man, eh, is you don't get to pick who it goes to. Mm. You know, so they just because they have to negotiate. Yeah. So they negotiate to get the most for the dollar, mm-hmm. not okay. I can get yours, but you're, we only only get like fifty cents on the dollar for mm-hmm. yours. So they're trying to take the money and, and spread it as far as it goes, maximize so, it. Yeah. Right. So um, I know a lot of people in the United States, medical debt, school debt. You know, that's one of the biggest things that's keeping a lot of people. Um, trapped in just debt in their lives, so yeah. um, I know it's one of those one of those big deals. So <clears throat> I think you do, do get to pick like an area, but you don't get to pick the people. So yeah, yeah well, it's good that you know you got people that uh, claim Christ and that are doing this, picking this up, and gets them in the news. So shares shares a little bit about where the, their heart is, you know. Yeah, and then I think just one of those 
another one of those stories that when pandemics happen, when natural disasters happen, how the church stands up, mm-hmm. you know, the, they're putting their, I'm, I'm sure they're like anybody else. It, pandemic happened, they shut their doors, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, even in our church, you know, we were looking at those offerings that were coming in online because we were having church and going, okay, what are we going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. How many times did we shut down throughout the whole thing? Twice? Shut down once officially, but um, it was for six weeks or something like that. And then we came back outside. So it wasn't like, yeah. uh, it was, it was kind of, just kind of eased into it. Yeah. We eased into it, but I think officially we just shut down the once and that was there through the Easter thing, I think. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, was a tough one. Yeah, it was tough. But, uh, you know, also, but I think we're going to look back on it. I mean, I know we're going to look back on it and say, you know, even though that was a tough time to go through the way that uh, at least our church banded together and how we 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 pushed through it. It, it was cool. You know, yeah. that was cool. What's cool for me is post pandemic, if that's where we are right now, um, how many new couples mm-hmm new people that are in our church. It's looking good. It's uh, looking real good. A lot of our older people, which I get, you know, they're still being a little bit more safe and they haven't came back. Not like older people that have been at our church for a long time, but just up in the age. A lot of them haven't came back yet. And um, I'm telling you, like, when they come back, it's going to look different. You know, the church is really changing right now. Got a lot of young couples coming in, hungry. I know Pastor Caesar was trying to get some uh, a class together for those young couples. We're working stuff on like it. Well, so, Summer is going to be our launch. Yep. Yeah. So super excited about that. I could see that being one of the, you know, um, number one small groups, Sunday school classes, whatever it turns into, um, because there's so many of them right now. So I love looking around and seeing all the, the young people coming to the Lord, wanting to serve the Lord. Uh, because what happens is they bring their kids, right? Yeah. And they, the kids get that foundation at an early age is what I got, too. So that's really what kind of brought me back to the Lord after running for so long. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love hearing those stories where it's like we came out to church. We, we did it for a little bit. The kids started loving Sunday school. And then whenever we started just kind of, you know, pulling away a little bit, the kids, they were like, are we going to go to church? Are we going to go to church? What, what what's, what's happening? What's it? So then they come back to church and it's it's just it keeps them there grounded. And yeah. But that's the reason why we kind of came to Elam, because I remember when I was a little kid, um, I went to a Spanish church all my life and we'll pass by Elam and during like an events what they do. I remember I told my mom, I was like, one day I'm going to go to that church. Mm-hmm. And then here I am. And, and it's just so amazing to see my boys. You know, We got Peyton, my oldest one, now he's in the youth. And be able to see him grow and everything like that. And we've been in the youth um, since you were pastoring. So it's been at least over seven, eight years. And yeah. just seeing all those lives change. And then, you know, being known like, hey, my kid's in a good spot, in a healthy spot. And they're, they're just growing. So I think that's super cool about that. And you talk about all these new people. And we also... Notice, um, Pastor Caesars noticed that there's a couple more ball people added to our group. Yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to all the ball people. Out there, was, there was three, now there's four. And then, yeah. yeah. You guys are multiplying, multiplying. like yeah. she-bears. There's something in the water. It's look out, kids. Something, look something out in, kids. It's not in our water because our water faucets are shut down at the right. church. You know, we ain't trying to spread the COVID, but. <laughs> I, told, I told David this earlier today. I haven't, like, I've been pretty relaxed about the whole COVID thing this whole time. And, uh, but, oh, I'm sorry, whoa, fellas. Whoa, whoa, I just bumped whoa, the table every I feel like I was in California for a second. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Earthquake I'm, going on. That sounded bad. <laughs> it's like, what, well, you, uh, you were going to vote for Caitlin or what? <laughs> but I was at work last night. I just night. felt really liberal right there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I was serving this lady last night who was probably about 50 years old. She was there with her two boys. And uh, I came up 
to greet her, say, hey, you know, I'm James. I'll be serving you all tonight or whatever, trying to get her drink order. And, like, as I'm saying all this stuff, she just is going, <laughs> just just the most violent, uncontrollable just cough. Just, <laughs> like, she couldn't speak. And I'm looking at it, and she kept going. And it went on for, like, 10, 12 seconds. And I was looking at her, I said, do you need me to just grab you some water real quick? She goes, and she's, like, shaking her head and her finger, <laughs> hand over her mouth, going, she, she gets out, no, I'm fine. <laughs> just kept on going. She's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, she, and then she tries to say, Okay, um, I'd like, I just, <laughs> just starts going again. And it was going on, and this whole interaction went on for like 30 seconds of her just violently, uncontrollably coughing and just going. And I thought, you know, like sometimes you don't have to be sick to just like swallow something wrong. And, you know, you get that cough where you're going for like 10 or 15 seconds. I thought, I mean, you know, it's just something like that, maybe. Uh, but she goes, but she, after like this 30 seconds or so of just, <laughs> she finally goes, <sighs> Sorry, it's been like this ever since I got COVID. Don't worry, I'm not contagious though. And then, uh, so yeah, I'll take a lemonade and the boys will take it. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she said, I'm not, she, since I've had COVID, I'm not contagious though. And I was just like, like I still wasn't like really worried, but that was the first time I was like, you know, may, I got to make sure I'm really careful, I guess, because it's right here coughing in my face. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I don't think anybody really, really knows how all this COVID stuff works. I said, but even if you took COVID out of the equation and it was just like a regular, you know, I'm sick cough or anything, yeah. like you still would be like, what are you doing, lady? Like, yeah. Go, go, <laughs> go to the bathroom, go do yeah, something. Yeah, go do something. Go talk talk about Taco truck or something. <laughs> right? Yeah, where are they booked? Yeah. No. So, was the restaurant. Oh, restaurant's full, man. We're yeah, well, they rocking like, and rolling. We're, we're on like, a wave. What's it's, going on? Everybody's looking tight. It was thing. pretty loud, so. Uh, I, I don't. I'm sure that like one of the tables next to her was probably noticing, but she didn't cough the rest of the time. But it was That's a solid it. 30, 40 <laughs> seconds. So just, <laughs> just uncontrolled turning red and everything. I Sorry. came back with <laughs> the glass all, but that. Yeah, <laughs> fumigating. Just like, anyway. I saw this. Uh, so I look at a lot of memes. Okay. Of course you do. <laughs> You're a meme type of guy. I'm a meme type of guy. And apparently this church did this like really bad animation of like this COVID molecule walking down the sidewalk, right? And it's got like the meanest enemy looking face, right? And as he's walking down, you get Batman and you get the Hulk on one side of the street. Like these like your antibodies or something? No, no. These superheroes, right? And then like this, this Dragon Ball Z characters on the other side. And then as this COVID molecule was walking by with this mean face, they just bowed down to because they know they're powerless to to, 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 to to do anything to it. And then, it, this, this again, this COVID monster, king of monsters, right, comes and then there's this little boy and then this, and he, he like, he oppresses this little boy, right? And yeah. and then this boy is just, and all bad animation, like 1994 before, you know, yeah. it, it was really bad animation. But... Anyway, this boy bows down, and then all of a sudden, the music in the back is all, you know, it, it's it's just intense. It's dramatic. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus comes out of nowhere. He just swoops in, this this animated Jesus, and then he waves his hand like he's Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> and then Let me guess. Blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus? Yes. Oh, it, yeah. it, okay. it's, it's, White uh, robe. Yeah. See, I watched it wrong then. When you sent it, uh -huh. I didn't have the music playing. I was, I was at work. Some of us had to work or something like that. So I just had to down, like... This is weird. Like, <laughs> I, I really thought it was like one of those um, like Mexican piñatas. You know, they were just like 
Why did they end up to a Mexican being knocked It was really here. bad animation, but but it's like apparently some church did that, and like you know people get you know they're like oh Jesus, you, 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 you know what I mean? Like <sighs> sounds good so, to me, man. So did you see the biker pastor that he was going in and he was just talking about how? You know he's you know he's going out there. We gotta spread the gospel, and I I got COVID, and rah, 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 I'm I'm a defeated COVID. He says, and the rest of the church is a bunch of. Beep. Oh yeah yeah and yeah yeah. I was yeah, just yeah. like I was amen the whole time. Amen yeah. yeah we gonna beat this thing, and then he called us a bunch of peas, yeah. and I was just like, <laughs> what? Oh my a goodness! He said, there. record that and send it out. I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. this guy is. I don't know if I would have gone up and walked out at the moment because I, I just would have been with my my jaw on the on the floor. Oh my! But, but I, I would have like, I would have addressed some like that ain't that ain't happening at Elam. No, you that's know, not gonna no, that ain't, that ain't gonna happen at Elam. I'll write a letter. You write a letter, <laughs> dear H. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was, was crazy. nuts, man. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Oh, which leads me to that the point that I was trying to make anyway. It's like not everything. Oh, you had a point. You, yeah, it's like oh, okay. not, it's, it's like not. He has one. Well, not everything that you do needs to be praised. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then, like uh, this is what I mean by that. That's cheesy. No, whoever you didn't think he was saving, it, but it, it it wasn't meant to be a meme. That's uh-huh. the thing. It, they were like completely serious about this presentation of this COVID <laughs> monster, and like people are like gaining inspiration from it and stuff. It's like you got the Hulk, Batman, and Goku. <laughs> it's, it's like bowing. bowing down to COVID monster, and uh, you know, it's like oh, it's like no wonder. I mean, they, brought, like, they were proud. Characters I, I, I could see that. Like, yes, man, we do something cool, and then our world. Yeah, and the problem with the church. And I could just imagine. I could just imagine that that congregation looking at it for the first time, and the people that made it, they were just like waiting with expectation. And then you know, some old lady. Oh, that was the most inspirational thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Right. Oh, Johnny did such a good job on that animation. It was horrible. Horrible. That's what's wrong with the church. We put out garbage like that. Garbage content. And then we wonder why like people are not coming. Like all seven people in those churches thought that was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That I mean, that wasn't a, a popping church that was full. I guarantee. No. Mm-hmm. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's just no. keep on We're going to keep on rolling. I got the song for you today. It's from Casting Crowns, Nobody. Why you ever chose me Has always been a mystery All my life I've been told I belong At the end of the line With all the other not quite With all the never get it right But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time Cause I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight 
You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that devil start talking to me Saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul For the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus So let me go down, down, down here. When Elijah said the sheep bears Mark Quayer, that was for you because you uh, you always love Pastor uh, David's hip hop selections. That one, uh, yeah, I'm dedicating that one to you, Mark Quayer. There you go. That Nobody. wasn't hip hop though. No, 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 no. I finally went away from hip hop. Y'all wasn't here last week, so I got to pick whatever I want. So I got the most gangster <laughs> ch- Christian stuff, and I put it on there. Nice. So, Didn't he have a beard? Who? Different casting crowns. Okay, this is this is what I want. This is what I want to talk about. Casting crowns? Yeah, we I can wanna, talk. I, I can talk, talk all this episode about casting crowns. I want to talk about this. This was premiered in July 12th, okay. 2019. Okay. And they still are representing certain groups as the ones that need to get saved. Mm-hmm. And we're a lot. I mean, Pastor Caesar is just like, they're all white. Like, mm-hmm. where's the rest of the people? And then the one guy that needs to get saved is not a not white. Like, come on, people. You're we're not, in this music video? In this music video. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. We're like, we're, we're past that already. You know, the whole town is white. You and think then it the was one person. Or, cause I didn't see the video, so. I don't think it was intentional. No, it's just probably, that's just probably their culture. The problem is, this is the problem. It's the same way with, you know, um, California and some of these tech companies is they surround themselves by the same people, the same thoughts. Yeah. Same things, mm-hmm. echo chamber. Yep. Right. So when they go in and they try to put these the stuff together, they were like, "Hey, this would be a great opportunity to put a black guy in there and needs to get saved." Mm-hmm. You know, not thinking that's racist because they're and they live in small towns. They're in a small town world, so. I mean, imagine that that meeting though, that creative meeting, you know, because there's some production dollars behind this. Oh yeah, it was you, a good video. Yeah, it's a great that. video, but it, it, it's like it's, they're sitting at the table. I've got a great idea. Let's put in a black guy. Yeah. How was the uh, How was the black guy dressed in the video? He was dressed well. He wasn't like a gangster it black wasn't guy. Like that no, kind of, he was like in workout was gear. Was he a urban guy. black guy? He was a hipster. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't running down the street getting well, shaved. Well, I'll tell you that, the hip, them hipsters need to get saved, so that was accurate. <laughs> yeah, I just think, man, in 2019, we're still still dealing with this stuff, so I don't know. It was a good song, though. Yeah, and you know, casting crowns, for better or for worse, they've they found out how to stay relevant in what they do, so hey, more power to them. I think they're on a big tour right now, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they're coming to Houston. I bet you that lady that was coughing up, she's going to go watch Cassie crowds. She'll be there in the crowd just coughing up. Right. Don't worry, I'm not contagious. That's funny. Like, how do you know? What are you talking about? Maybe she was that COVID monster <laughs> walking was. down the street. She was the COVID monster. Nah, Jesus already defeated her, man. Yeah. So. I'm telling you, you need to watch this. If you haven't watched it, Jesus comes He comes out, he's Gandalf. I'm so telling you, it's, it's just what ridiculous. You know who would have bound down? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
It's all I got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, High foot Story Okay who was it It was a Christian artist A popular Christian artist You must be talking about Toby Mac No I can't remember who it was I was actually talking to them Maybe it was Carmen Oh, I remember Carmen. Remember Carmen? That's, that's Carmen, Carmen, Car- Carmen? Carmen was the... Uh, yeah, he just the, recently died. Uh, yeah. Oh, never mind. I think it was somebody else then. Carmen, the old school, like the first white rapper, yeah. Christian rapper, yeah, like way back. Oh, Cham- wait. The, the song Champion and, was, you know... Were they on the Shackle song? No, you're talking about Mary Mary? Yeah. Oh, that's Mary. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Never mind. No, this was Carmen. Like, if you've been in church most of your life, you know who Carmen is. It might be a little bit older for you because you're... You're yeah. a little younger. He was a Christian vanilla eyes. Okay. <laughs> but I was one, talking, one song? I, I was talking to him uh, at a show one time. We, uh, we opened for him. And it was, um, all he wanted to talk about was the UFC, right? <laughs> <laughs> COVID monster. <laughs> what happened? You're the, you're yeah, like, COVID monster, man. You're coughing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> coughing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not contagious. <laughs> Don't worry, he's not contagious. I'm not contagious. Um, but all he wanted to talk about was UFC. But he said one time that he was uh, doing this uh, outdoor project. <laughs> they brought the Germans out. Uh, I'm gonna, Y'all, you I'm gonna, said that. Y'all I'm going to gargle with it. Anyway, the UFC. <laughs> they, they all he wanted to talk about the UFC. But then we started talking about like different shows. And I, hey, I mean, I seen you at Asteroid. Remember Asteroid oh, had their outdoor great. theater yeah. and all that. And uh, he said one time that the Ninja Turtles wanted to they they opened for him. The Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they had a musical I guess, act. I guess back in the day when Ninja Turtles were real big, they would go out there and they would do. To music, they would do stunts and flip on the stage and do their okay. little fighting battle type deals. Uh-huh. Um, and he was telling his niece or something. He was just like, "Hey, man, you'd never guess." She was a huge turtle fan, right? And he was, he was like, "Okay, well, if y'all come up behind stage, I'll take you to the Ninja Turtles." He said they went to the Ninja Turtles trader and they opened the door just like marijuana smoke. Just <laughs> <laughs> Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> <Cowabunga>, dude. <laughs> he told his niece, hey, uh, well, we have to come back. The Ninja Turtles are busy right now. <laughs> oh, man. So Carmen was well, great. Yeah, Master Splinter always looked high to me. <laughs> oh, Pastor Caesar, what you got today? We man. Gotta, let's talk about something. We let's haven't talk. talked about anything yet. <laughs> no, no. You know, I've gotten a complaint from listeners before. It's like, it takes 20 minutes before you guys even get into it. I'm like, look, you know you ain't doing nothing, so be quiet. It's 20 minutes of the week. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, just work out or do whatever it is that you do. Some Anyway, I wanted to talk about... Really, just the overarching topic is how to deal. Well, how to deal with what? Well, everything. How do we deal with life, right? Um, so often, I want to start with this one. So oftentimes, whenever we talk to people, we're always having to counsel them on how to deal through failure of some sort, right? Especially being in the in a spiritual uh, he, uh, spiritual healing work like we're in, right? Uh, but one thing that I've always liked to bring up to our Sunday school classes or just people in regular conversations, how do we deal with success? Because success, I think success is even more harmful than failures. 
See, failures really do, ex- they, they, they establish a ground, right? A floor. There's nowhere to go but up. We say that's very inspirational, very motivational and all that. But success is so subtle sometimes because we, we were always trying to reach this summit, this apex, whether it's in our careers, in our marriages and whatever, right? You name it. But learning to deal with success is just as important to learn as how to bounce back from a failure. And uh, we've all had successes in our lives. We've all had intense failures, but we never really talk about the, the uh, I guess, the addiction of success and being able to put proper limits on your success. How much is too much? How, uh, you know, so that's kind of where I want to, let, let's just start that as a jump off point. Um, how do you deal with success and what does that mean to you? I tell you, the biggest thing for me um, is having more success than anybody in my family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, on both sides, Sandra and mine, you know, we have more than you look back at everybody in our, on the tree and you know, we've, we've done better than everybody. Mm-hmm. So especially when you think about your parents and you, you begin to prosper and do good things. And then you look back at them and going, start feeling bad because they're still living in the places they're living and they're still going through the things that they're going through. And it's tough. It's tough. Um, I have a lot of black friends and they, you know, they, they talk about the black tax, you know, if, if a football player makes it and he makes millions of dollars that he has a responsibility to bring a certain group along with him and pay their bills and have this huge entourage. And, um, Oprah talked about it. Um, I was watching a YouTube channel the other day where they were asking these different athletes, how did you spill, spend your first million dollars? And almost every single one of them had three or four hundred thousand dollars where they were helping their family and mm-hmm. friends and yeah. come along. So uh, I think that was one of the biggest things that we had to really just kind of work through and um, help help where we could help, you know, because most, most of them, everybody had an idea. Oh, man, I have this idea. If I had just had 20 mm-hmm. grand, I could. Yeah. I could buy this car wash. I mean, I can make all the quarters. You know what I'm saying? And then they buy the car wash and just like everything else in their life, they run it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that $20,000 gone and, and you meant so uh, on a smaller scale, of course, I'm not a millionaire, but on a smaller scale, you look at that and then you begin to say, man, like, am I doing enough for my family? But it, at the same time, taking care of my future. Mm-hmm. So, and how often? How often do you actually have that thought throughout the day, mm, or throughout the week, or month, or? Well, not as much for me anymore because I have my parents with me now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on the same property and stuff like that. So, I feel like they're getting to enjoy some of the fruits of my labor because you know they're here with us and you know whatever they want, they they have access to. Yeah, you know, anything of mine they have access to. So, but it used to be when I go to their house, mm-hmm. drive one of their cars, yeah. you know, um, talk to my, my my family about retirements and different things like that. Then I was just like, oh man, am I doing enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, that pushes me even harder. You know, that wakes me up earlier than everybody else. That puts me in my chair at night until 10, 9, 30, 10 o'clock when Sandra says it's enough, you know, pushing, trying to figure out business. Uh, you know, I can just remember when we, we moved out here and I wanted to change my strategy on on my business to focus in different areas. Like, it's not that easy. Like, how do you do that? I, I didn't go to business school, you know. 
Um, so I'm like researching five hours a night after I get off of work, how to, how to do those things and then figure it out. And then when it happens, you're like, it worked, you yeah. know? So, but it's almost an addiction, kind of like something you was take. oh man, that worked now, what else can I do? And, and that's just my personality too. So when I was out there in the streets, my personality was addicted to alcohol, drugs, making money. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of focused on another area, but it's still an addiction, you yeah. know? So, yeah. And, and, you know, the reason I've, I've been thinking about this as well, it's just because we, uh, well, let, let me tell you just a little backstory here. So, um, this one here in, um, this one comes actually from the Bible, right? So first Timothy chapter six, verse six, and it says, but godliness with contentment is of great gain. Okay. And we understand that to be that, uh, you're just being content, satisfied with what you have and knowing that you have God too, and everything should be all right. Well, I heard this years ago when I first got into church and I, and, and I heard this first explained from somebody that was real near and dear to me at that time. Um, somebody I looked up to, um, as a mentor, but their life didn't exemplify this necessarily and they kind of use this as a way for their laziness they said i'm content in my life but you know i but it's with god so i i don't have to strive that much further i don't have to go and do those things i can just sit here and be okay and i i get that but the way that it was communicated and what was communicated through life and action it almost looked like i've settled and now I'm using the Bible to justify my laziness, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and, and then, you know, it's like, cause it, what was communicated is that I've achieved this level of Zen almost right of success and, and contentment in God. But what was being lived out was not that mm-hmm. it was settled. Like you settled and, and it, it was not inspiring. But it, there is there are nuances to all of this, right? Like to success, you you have to be able to identify the addiction of success, learning when to stop. Learn what is what is real contentment? Is it settling and being mediocre? You know, and I, and I, I, I sent this out uh, throughout the week or something like that. But, you know, is, is it being mediocre and being fine with mediocrity mm-hmm. or or right is it something else um but i I just don't like the fact that we can rest on it this is this is good enough yeah but then also don't be a jerk and you know and 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 be over over and above you know is that making sense is that is that hidden it definitely is i tell you and then i'll let you go trouble one of the things like i struggled with so like all my friends and family around me, the majority of them were more successful. If you look at it as far as monetary things, money, putting some money dollars right. on it. So, but they always tell you, look around and that's who you are. That's who you're going to be and those type of things. So even though that I outgrew them monetarily, like now what do I just get rid of them and find some people that are making the same. So what we had to do was, you can't get rid of your friends. I mean, I can't get rid of y'all. Y'all know y'all are part of who I am. So we join groups of successful people and so that we have that around us too to, to help us grow mentally, spiritually, um, financially, and those type of things. So I think that you really have to 
understand where you want to go, how you want to get there, and then put the things in place to make sure that you're touching all aspects of your life mm-hmm. and not just been being centrally focused on one and leaving everything else behind. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we do it. That's when it, sort of cool. You talk about um, you waking up early at five o'clock and I saw this thing on Instagram. It said there's two type of people, one that's going to sleep at five and one that's waking up at five. Mm-hmm. Obviously the ones that are going to sleep at five, they're partying and doing everything else. But the one that's waking up at five, he's getting up to go grind. And you talk about um, um, Caesar when you sent out that message about the whole is, is this enough or what was it the um, contentment? The contentment. So I was wrapping. I literally just finished wrapping a pallet, you know, with the shrink wrap. And I'm not good at it. I mean, I'm not the best. There's this guy that's literally his job is just to wrap. Sh- oh man, those guys are creative. Like they're good. Yeah. No, and mine was a simple box. And to me, I was like. That's good enough for me. I didn't care. But then you also talk about, like, me, I grew up in the refineries. Well, I started working in the refineries at a very young age. And it was because the guy that I hanged around with, he was a rig welder. So he was just like, bro, you got to make money. You got. I dropped out of school three months before my graduation. And look, here's my check. I'm a rig welder. And I'm making, you know, six grand, you know, a check and blah, 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 and this stuff. And that's, man, I want that. Like, I want to be successful like that. So my whole mindset was like, I want to be rich like that. 18 years old, making crazy money, and that's the way I was. I started chasing shutdowns. I started chasing pipelines, and I was making a lot of money. And I remember the first time, I was like, man, I'm successful because I got me a big old screen TV, but the old school mm-hmm. one's the one that has a big old yeah. back in. You know, uh-huh. I, don't know, I was trying to figure out what was the actual name. the whole living room. So I was like, oh, I'm hit. That's so it. You projection know, I, TVs. Yeah, the projections were yeah. right. So I was like, I made it. I bought this big old TV. But I never bought a house. I was making all this money, but I was just spending it on stupid stuff. You know, and then um, it was when I came to Elam and I remember Adele, uh, Pastor Caesar's uncle, was like, hey, dude, you got to drop that. Like, because I was never, I was never home. I was always miserable. Me and Julie were constantly fighting. But to me, it's like, hey, yo, you can't say nothing because I'm bringing in all this money and just shut up and take the money. You know, that's pretty much what my mentality was. And then now I'm at a position where, like, I'm about to be 34 years old. What have I done with my life? You know, I, we just bought a house during our, during the pandemic. We bought a house and I was a little worried. I remember I told Julia's like, dude, you're a receptionist. And I'm like, I'm in the borderline of losing my job because I'm the last one in the group. Because I finally went from warehouse to corporate office and I'm the last one in, usually the first ones out. I was like, how are we going to buy a house? Like, there's no way we could do this. You know, and then we talk about success and everything. And I was just like, money, 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 money. That's all I need. Money, 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 money. But then I started hanging around with y'all. And I and I remember I brought this up to you, Pastor Caesar, and I just told Caesar on the way up here. I said, it's so crazy that ever since we came to Elam, we were always the youngest crowd. We were always with older people. And I remember on um, one of those, um, the Valentine's, one of those um, the things that you did um, for Valentine. The 3D love The 3D conference. love things. And it, we were all setting up the night before. And I looked at you and I was like, why me and Julie are here? And you're like, well, just you always thought about it like that. And then you talk about like, who do you hang around with? And now my mindset is like, I'm 34. I'm barely going back to school. I'm going to school for business because now I'm just like, I want to do something with my life. I want to own my own business. I want to do something. And then I was like, but is that enough? You know, and Caesar, uh, Pastor Caesar, he talked about it in one of the Sunday schools, which kind of put a wrench in Julie. For a minute, in a good way, in a bad way, but it was there. Because Julie was all like, going to school, going to school, and I'm pushing her. Julie, you got to get your bachelor's. As soon as you get your bachelor's, you got to go get your master's. I want you to, you know, be Dr. Julie and this stuff and that. And my mind's like, 
my dad's like, you got to invest your money. You got to, you know, you got to do something with money. You got to invest in something. It's like, I'm investing in Julie's college because as soon as she graduates, man, I'm going to quit. I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> you know, just be home with the kids. And I was like, that's success. That was my mind of success. Like, I got enough money to do whatever I want, when I want, how I want. But then I stopped and see, I was like, I don't even think that's even enough. Like, because you're greedy. Like, I was always greedy for money. I always had to figure out a way, like, how can I make more money? If I had this money right here, I had $10, how can I make it to $20? And that, even that, as much as I, I thought I was successful, I was never really successful. With, yeah. with anything, it's, it's a balance. You have to have a balanced lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Um, if, if you're not balanced anyway, then you're going to be off tilter when you're off tilters when you fall. Right? True. So, and then for us, we always, for us being balanced, we try to take everything. And, and I think this really comes from leadership roles. I was actually, um, since I've been 19, I've been in a supervisor position, you know, and I've always had older people that I'm having to tell what to do. Younger people, I'm having to lead. So I, I learned it at a young young age to be very balanced. And then the, as I learned these things, so now Lord's called me into ministry, you know. So everything around me has to be balanced. If I had everybody that looked like me, same, same age, everything, then I grow old fast, right? Because we all grow in together. We, we've all had those Sunday school classes in our church that... They started as young adults, and then they ended 20 years later as old adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They never left the classroom. They just grew old together. For me, it was important to have you young guys around me because that keeps me young. It keeps me into the culture. It keeps me knowing what's new coming up. And then, so what happens is I have both sides of the aisle. So I have the young guys say, hey, this is the new stuff. I have the old guys over here respecting me because I'm a little bit older. And I I say, hey, this is where the future is going. Then I have the old guys telling me, here's the wisdom coming from them. And then I'm, I'm able to lead the old guys. Listen, that's a great idea, but let's get it this way instead of bulldozing through the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the young guys. They just want to kick the wall down, bring the new stuff in, and go just hard. take over, you know, go hard, which is great. We need that enthusiasm. We need all those things, but we have to do it with wisdom. That's true. And the, the Bible te- teaches us that, you yeah. know? It teaches us to have that wisdom. So we, Sandra and I always try to have that balanced lifestyle, but we take that same concept in every part of our life. Mm-hmm. Well, let me hop in. I haven't said anything about this. So I think if we're going to talk about success, we got to define what is success. And we've been kind of talking about it from a, money career kind of standpoint but i think as christians for i mean i'm sure that's for sure like a part of success but as christians our overall main the most successful we could be would be just following the exact will that god has for our life because we could talk about money and buying this and that and providing and all that stuff but maybe god's will for you is to go be a missionary in some place in africa and you ain't gonna have any money or nothing but if you followed that does that mean you're less successful because you went and you were dirt poor doing God's work? It's like, no, that's obviously not it. But, you know, that's also not everybody's calling. So I think you got to, for sure, for me, like, and also you were talking about, like, like family stuff, too. And, like, sorry, you got the coffee on me. Uh, it's a clearing throat, not contagious. Uh, your definition of success 
is probably not going to be, it might not be the same as your parents' definition of success or your wife's definition of success or your pastors or your friends or whatever. And uh, so you got to know, so you were talking about, you know, you got to have the goal and reach for it. And it's like, you got to know what is the success for your life. And you got to be, especially if it's like your wife or your husband, like you got to be on the same page. Like, this is what success is for us. And, uh, you know, if you're not on the same page with that, it's difficult. You're not going to succeed. Man, I tell you that we're doing that right now. And I I don't want to take it. I don't want to dominate this conversation, but we're doing it right now. So Sandra and I are in a place right now, like we're trying to figure out some things, Mm -hmm. right? What you just said. I mean, we just had this conversation a week ago, just like, okay, how are we going to figure this thing out? You know, what is, what does it success look like? What is a win? What is a loss? Mm -hmm. And it's not even about money. Yeah. But so how do you get there as for us as Christians, First, we have to hear from God. So mm-hmm. we're just like, okay, first, before we do anything, we're going to set time apart. We're going to pray. We might even do some fasting on this. And then Sandra's so great because she's just so great. And um, so we take those times and then we seek God's faith first before we seek his hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that for anybody out there that's trying to do anything, trying to succeed in anything, you're trying to win the you rent a, a foot race or make more money or you know get to the next position wherever you're at if you're in ministry or whatever you got to seek the face before you seek the hand yeah. and that's what really has helped us is hearing God's voice because like you were saying like if if you try to do this and go you might be successful for a period of time until your natural wisdom wears out mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. until you get further then your, your, your wisdom can take you and then you need God. Then God was just like, Oh yeah, now you need me, you know? Uh, so it's always, it's always gotta, gotta seek the faith first. It's it's crazy that you said that because, um, I have a, I put in my two weeks notice of the job where I'm at. I've been there for like three years and I, I've been talking to the manager of this new company that I'm going to different industry, different, not even anything that I know of. And it's, we talked to him. He's like, he texts me Friday. He's like, I'm gonna call you. Saturday is like, cool, so yeah, whatever, you know, just give me a call. And ever since we've had conversations and we've had like 40 to an hour conversations, and every time we talk about it, it's like, you come here, you can make all the money, you know, you can hit six figures and blah, 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 this stuff and that and blah, 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 blah. And all I heard was money, 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 money. And today when Pastor was talking about like, you know, giving our 10%, you know, by tithing and what do we need to do and this stuff and that. And God's just like, all you hear is money, but have you asked me like, you know, what do I want from you? And then I was literally, I was like, the whole time I was like, I don't want to enter this new position, this opportunity, you know, business opportunity about the money. I don't want to see it about the money. I want to see it as like, how am I going to, how is this going to help me in my walk with God? Now, is it going to mess it up? Not only for me, for my wife, you know, and for the kids, because we, we got children, you know, all this money in the world and I've been around money. So I know what money can do to me and I know what money not having no money. You know, there was a time where I wasn't working and Julie was babysitting my nephew and um, my sister would pay us a hundred bucks a week. Right. And Julie, every time she got paid $10, she paid her tithe. And I remember like, Julie, like we're only getting a hundred dollars a week. What are you doing? That could go for this. Blah, blah. And she was very faithful. And that right there, Tommy was like, I know what it is to be in God's hands. You know, when we're paying tithes, but I also know when I ran away from church and I didn't do nothing. So, you know, you talking about like all this, like, how do I need to stay focused and what do we need to do? I was like, I don't want to see about, I don't want to see dollar signs no more. I was like, God, 
yes or no, show me what you want. Two mics. Two mics. Yeah, that was today. And, you know, and, and whenever I, 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 I pulled the Sunday school class on some responses for this, and um, it was always comparative compared to this, because this is like James was talking, we need to be able to properly define success. And whenever we were defining success, it was always compared to something else, right? Because that's the only way we can properly find a metric for it. But in, in all of that, and, and, and see, the thing that, that is tied with success, our pride is tied in with success and whatever our definition of success is, right? For some, it's money. For others, it's uh, power. It's respect. It's authority. It's all these other things that pride brings along with it. And uh, there's nothing wrong with excelling and for striving and for and for, uh, you know, going forward as much as you can and, and, and pushing for excellence, pushing for perfection, actually. And uh, even though you might not, well, you'll never get perfection. But if you push toward it, if you're always running toward it, then you're going to get excellent. And that's a good way to live your life. But, but you brought up the, the Christian lifestyle. And it's important to understand how our pride manipulates every single decision that we make. Yeah. It, it our, our pride. I was I was listening to a uh, to a message from uh, I guess he's a pastor now, Robert Madu, right? Um, um, in Texas actually, but he was talking about um, he was talking about pride versus humility, and he was talking about how pride pride hides itself. Right. It likes to stay hidden because it, it pride really is uh, ashamed of itself. Now, it would put itself out there in front of everybody to see. But really, whenever you peel back the curtain, so to speak, pride is a coward. Right. And it hides itself. But and then he, he contrasted it with humility. And he said humility is hidden. Right. Pride hides itself. But humility is hidden. And and we need to understand. We I, whenever he said, it, I was like, "Oh that's man!" Good. It's like I, I, we can we can preach, on, yeah, you know, on sure. that. And and it's uh, that'll preach. <laughs> but but being able to being able to thrive while identifying identifying the pride, because see, only a humble person can really identify the pride within themselves that's how a person is humble i think whenever you think of humility you think of somebody that's just kind of like uh, afraid of their own shadow or, or something I, but it's not that i i believe that a true humble person is one that can identify the pride that is within them and we need to know how to uh, how to identify those and whenever they rise up in our lives and being able to say you know what enough is enough I won't. I don't need to go there. We don't have to go there. I don't have to win the argument. I don't have to make this much money. I don't have to get this degree. I don't have to have this. I don't have to that because it's, we're always comparing with somebody else. Man, if I only had what so and so has, what they have, and and there is a toxicity, a toxicity to success. Sure. You know, and we need to be able to identify that. And I think in the Western world, at least, that the devil has gotten proficient in always making us, just like we talked about this morning, always chasing after that carrot. It's the whole carrot and the stick. Once you get here, then you are whatever it is that you think that you are. But But that's where the contentment thing comes in appropriately mm-hmm. so that you're not just always if i could get there everything will be okay so knowing that it's still okay where i'm at right now that god still got you and he's still 
providing for you, using you where you're at, while you're still working on getting to the next thing that he has for you too. Yeah, yeah. The the problem is that we have we have um, the Kardashians. You know, we have shows like that. Yeah, the culture, the housewives. Yeah, we have the culture showing us this is success. This is what beauty looks like. This is what you should look like. This is what your family should look like. Um, so it taints the idea of those things as young people, right? Because now they see the popular, the popular ones do this. You know, you look at Instagrams and the, and the successful ones are on yachts and they have the beautiful women with them and those type of things. So like you were saying, the enemy perverts that thing before you even know what success feels like. Right. So now you're striving after a goal that's for most people, it's not reachable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, during the we've brought up the pandemic a few times, that whole pandemic monster. But throughout it, um, as I've shared on the podcast before, I wasn't working for 14 months, a steady job. It was all jobs here and there and all that. And I was listening to a podcast, not ours, even though ours is the number one podcast in all of Elam. Um, I was listening to this and I was essentially being a stay at home dad throughout that time, which was fantastic. You know, we have a, we have a little guy. He was that's two years old. I mean, such a foundational year for kids, right? And being able to be there, but the the that man part inside of me, that part that I know that I need to be the provider, that that part that knows that I need to do this and I need to do that, I need to fulfill this this call that God has put on my life, and I seem to be failing around every corner, right? I really got I really got down on myself for a long time. Um, I would try, but slap in the face all the time, shut, shutting the doors everywhere. It was, and I attribute it only to the hand of God. Whenever God closes a door, he closes that door and it will not open. And I'm thankful for it now, but that's always in hindsight. In the moment, you don't know what to feel, right? You just got to pray. But, um, anyway, I heard this podcast and it was this, uh, it was this lady talking. I, I don't remember her name, but what she, what she was talking about anything that, Anything that progresses life, God is happy with. And at that moment, I was like, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I feel I'm feel I'm a stay at home dad and it shouldn't be that way because of, you know, all of that, all of this, the social stigma and, the, and, and how we live and all that stuff. But then she said that and, you know, I was like, I'm feeding into the progression of my child's life. Oh, that's good. And I, I don't need to be a six-figure dad. Yeah. I just need to remember that I need to be dad. Mm-hmm. And I need, I need to be a dad that shows him the love of God and raise him the way that he's supposed to go. And if I do that, I've succeeded for that day. I mean, I'll tell you one of my failures I've had. Huh. So, you know, I was youth pastor. I was on my mission to climb the corporate ladder and Luke, he was probably eight years old or whatever. He came to me with just like, Dad, you have time for church. You have time for work. But you don't have time. You don't have time for me. Mm. And it broke my heart, man. And, and I think about it now, it still breaks my heart. Like, that right there, like, pulled me back to center and says, okay, you know, your family is the most important thing. You know, God, family. Yeah. You know, not everything, God and everything else. And uh, it just really let me refocus on what's important right you know right uh so i mean just be able to spend that 
gear and some change with your son is just you'll never be able to get that back because I have older kids now and they're moved out like I only have the memories yeah you know I get to see them I do but I, I but what I do have is those memories as them growing up as kids right coming in you know I we we talk about it all the time how my son Josh never would match he would come in with the green shirt and yellow shorts you know I'm just like what are you doing like some red <laughs> shoes yeah. you know you look like a Christmas tree go back up <laughs> but I have those memories you know and that's the, that's the that's the stuff that we can that really can hold on to right yeah. so yeah when you say that John Piper and if anybody knows or follows his ministry incredible ministry faithful smart smart man preacher pastor theologian just everything i don't even know how many languages he knows but just fantastic incredible ministry i've i know i've benefited personally from his teachings um but they asked him the question and they said if you can go back and change anything that you've done over over these last decades in the kingdom what are some regrets what are some things what what have you have changed and he uh he pauses for a minute and he responds with uh nothing he said, "I think everything that we've di- we've done, we've always done it with a uh, with trying to pursue the heart of God, and whether it worked out, whether it didn't, we at lo- we at least knew that we our heart was oriented toward God, yeah. you know. And that's a good response. That's a that's a response that you could tell that every decision that they made in their ministry, big decisions, was always after God. But he said, but one thing that I would change, he said, I wish I was a better father. Yeah." He said, I wish I was a better father. One of his kids right now, he's huge on um, on TikTok, I think, or Snapchat, um, but not for all the right reasons. He's actually a, uh, he's not only an atheist, but he is a Bible hater, one of his sons. And he, uh, he refutes everything that his dad says. And he, very smart, very intellectual, but also casting a lot of doubt. Um, and and you, whenever you know the backstory and you've been around for a little bit, you can see the hurt in the kid's eyes yeah. because dad wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember um, my son's last youth camp. Uh, I was still a youth pastor and it, I talked him into going and he was about to graduate. And, you know, I mean, at that point, you know, I wasn't a good father, you know, uh, I mean, when they when he was a kid, I wasn't a good father, and he got out. You know, he kind of followed my footsteps and got on them streets, and people were freaking out because he took his shirt off and he was tatted up already, and he was, you know, and they was like, "You got to go do this, you got to go do that." He he can't be showing tattoos off. I'm just like, he's at camp. He's here seeking God, mm-hmm. and y'all want me to go over there and yank him and tell him he can't do all the things that y'all don't think he should do? Mm-hmm. Like, y'all are saved already, you know? Anyways, that's not even what I was going to talk about. I was upset at that. Yeah. And I understand their point, right? But at the same time, he's there. Like, are we going to shut him down? Because teenagers, that'll but, shut him down. But real quick, yeah. not to stop your story, but I think that does tie into what we're talking about because whoever was putting that pressure they had an image of what a success for for a, a young man looked like they had this idea but that was an idea that was without grace without right. without mercy yeah the success was that night when he was at the altar crying his eyes out for all the things that he had already done mm. when he was coming to god saying god i'm sorry and i grabbed him that night and i apologized you know i was just like sorry son i'm you know i want to do I wanted to be a good father. I just didn't know how, you know, Mm. I was messed up in my own sin and all those things. And we just had, we had that moment right then that was just one of those things that 
to this day, he calls me all the time now. Mm. You know, we have a, just a uh, just a tremendous relationship, and his kids are FaceTiming me, and they want to cool. they want to call pops, you yeah, know, yeah. and uh, they want to talk to me on the phone and stuff like that. So, but it was it just times like that that we have to we have to understand like what success is. Yeah, and for me, success was not making a young man put his shirt on, but pointing them to the cross. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I brought up this scripture earlier today, actually, at uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 22. It says, be merciful to those who doubt. You know, there's just because you, you haven't, if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't have a definition of what success is in my life. I'm just kind of stuck in the rat race. Um, it, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Just have the conversation. Learn how to have the conversation. Learn how to ask the questions you need to ask. And, and we all need to do whether you're married or not, you need to have an absolute answer for these things, because if not, it's going to be an endless cycle of you chasing your tail and you're never going to get there. You're never going to get there. Even if you max out at, at, your, at your job, you got your degrees, you got all your credentials. It's never going to be enough because there is no solid definition of what success is in your life. And it, it, I know a lot of this was talking about money and all that, but that's what our culture idolizes. That's what we time success to. But success is so much more. Um, again, I don't want to dominate this this conversation. But That's, that's actually good because I was going to say um, there's an actor. He said a speech and he was talking about how um, they asked him, like, you know, who's, who's your hero, blah, 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 and stuff like that. But he mentioned something like, he's he they asked him like how is he gonna chase or something about success he's like i'm chasing the person five years or 10 years ahead of me right so he's talking about like and you know 10 years from there i finally became that person they're like well are you successful now i was like no because the person i've been chasing is another 10 years in front of me you know what i mean he's like you're never gonna be content and i always took him i was like man i want to be like that blah 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 but having hearing this i'm like this is a whole different game changer because we talk about kids you know i grew up in a church um, a, literally a, a bleacher creature, bleacher baby or whatever you want to call it, or baby or whatever. I've <laughs> never heard and, that before. No, well, I yeah. always use drug baby. You got yeah. drugged to church. I got drugged. Well, see, because my dad, he at the church that we went to, um, he was one of the, 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 the he, he was a, a pillar there, and he's still there. You know, my dad, people know who my dad is and everything. And um, I remember he used to drag us to church, and, you know, it would be Saturday prayers, and, like, we got to go to Saturday prayer, morning prayer, blah, blah, blah. And I remember when I was like, I'm not going to go. You know, I mean, I decided to make my own decision. You know, fast forward to now, my dad asked me, he's like, you know, I was on my way to youth one time on, on a Wednesday. I was all happy. I'm talking to my dad about, like, where are you going? It's like, I'm going to youth. And I was meeting Pastor Caesar. We're getting ready because we had to get there early to set up and everything. It was like 445 or 5 o'clock. And my dad goes, are you going to serve man or are you going to serve? You know, like, mm. why are you going? Like, what's the purpose? And I was getting mad. He was asking me all these questions. I didn't know how to answer it. And I'm like, Dad, dude, I'm doing what you taught me. And that's what my dad says, like, stop. Because there's some times that I wish that I would have just, like, not done it. Because, you know, my I played sports. My dad was never much of any of my games. My sisters were in band or in orchestra or whatever. He was never really there. And my dad, he regrets it. He's even said it to ourselves, like, man, I regret that. And then I remember um, Julie and I were in a season where we're growing. You know what I mean? And we had a talk with Pastor Mark. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared. He goes, what do you mean? I was like... Like, how do I know how much is too much serving in the ministry and having, you know, kids? You know, our son's in the youth. Our other son, he's falling right behind. You know, we have a little daughter now. Like, 
how how much is too much? And I don't want to do I don't want to do what my dad did was never there. It was always busy, and I have one of one of my close friends. He comes to church, and him and I used to have all this conversation. Well, I don't want to go to church because look how dad was, and look how they treated him. Look how your dad was, and look how they treated him, and blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, that's where I'm stuck at. Like my success, how can I not be that and still you know like be a good dad? Yeah. And hearing your stories right now, I'm just like, man, I need a change my well, I mean, that's, that's good because <laughs> I mean j- just because I, I know you you take pride of serving when I was youth pastor you took pride in serving me now you take pride in serving Pastor Caesar I know you don't like saying it out loud but you take pride in, in serving Pastor Caesar youth pastor. <laughs> um, and you take pride in serving our pastor there was not a day that I didn't say hey Chevel I need and then bam it's there you know um, so we do have to make sure that it's not your pride you're fulfilling, right? But it's the calling. That's good. Um, and so many times we satisfy the pride, but we don't never satisfy the calling. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just got to really de- define what the calling is, satisfy it. And then sometimes you're, you're going to take some wins and it's going to make you feel good satisfying the calling. But if we try to satisfy the pride, it's, the wins are not going to make the, the calling feel good yeah and we get yeah. those twisted sometimes and you bring up a really good point here that that it's because as preachers and pastors and if any of y'all are listening right but but you, you tell people you know it's never enough how much you love god right and in a sense that's absolutely true there's nothing that we can ever do that's we'll say it's enough that we give it's enough that we love it's enough that we do it's never enough we cannot repay this debt but it's it's a paradox that exists because there's also a line that says this is as much as i can give but knowing that there is so much power in whenever you can identify i have done like james was talking about i have done and fulfilled the will of god for my life today I'm not going to be arrogant and say tomorrow or next week because might, he might change it on you. He can do that. He's God. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to pigeonhole God as if I could. Right. But but to be able to say today I have done the will of the father. There is so much power in knowing that and understanding that. Right. But it's also about not copying out because I remember there was a there was a point it was a couple of months ago. And, um, I, I came to Pastor Jesus like, hey, I think it's time that Julie and I were going to step out of the youth. And he hit me with a question, and I was just like, you see, the story, you got to understand, the story between Caesar and I, I never really liked that Caesar. I've sold, you know, I've told it as a joke and everything. because it, Oh, that's, we, that's changed? That's changed. <laughs> I, I started liking you a little bit more now. But it, we, we, we just went out with a, with a couple earlier um, uh, this last past weekend, and I said, the reason why I never liked Pastor Caesar was because he was always pushing me. Mm-hmm. To be better, mm-hmm. to be better, to be better, to be better. One thing when you, you know, Pastor David, when you were pushing me, I was like, oh, he's an elder. You know, he's an older man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you said he was going to take up for me in this. And it, and and it, it comes yeah. out. Like 120 years <laughs> older than me. Julie, <laughs> Julie. Like, Abraham was right here oh, telling me something. Yeah. And we're going to go. There we go. Uh, there we go. Know, and then Julie, help me out, Julie. <laughs> help me out. No, no, no. I'm only here because of Julie. Yeah. Um, shout out to Julie. I haven't even shout out to her. I love you. Uh, but like Caesar, like, you know, he's always pushed me. And when I told him, I was in his office and we had a serious conversation. And I'm like, I'm done. I, I told you, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to show Caesar who I am. I'm the boss. I run this. And then I, 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 I. And the Caesar asked me questions like, 
have you served God enough or something like that? Or you know when it's your time when cause, you know God's gonna put something. It was a question I just sat there and I was like, God, these are always challenging. <laughs> was like, and, and I left because it really made me think now. You know, and then Wednesday we this last week, you know, we were able to you know sit down. It was just so crazy because we're busy, busy going, 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 going. And we were able just, you know, Pastor Caesar, myself and Julie stay later than the youth you know after everybody left and we just had a normal conversation because it's been a while even though i'm with him or i'm around him and i'm pretty much i'm around all y'all in this this whole group but there's like we're constantly just working right yeah, we're, so we're working. talking about like there's know, no intimacy with, james, with yeah. it no no there's yeah. nothing you know, with james like oh we gotta do sound or like you oh i need to do this and Caesar, oh, it's just like yeah but when can we have a normal conversation and then we went out with this couple and i said look for me was i surrounded myself with uh, people that were gonna keep on pushing me to be better than who I used to be because yeah. I was a clown back then. And even Caesar and Marina was saying when I first started, um, they used to say "chubble filter, filter, filter." And I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm on the oh, okay." And you know, but then that helped me to control myself. And I could be a little crazy. I remember doing pranks in the beginning. Even when you left, I was like, "I'm gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna do my pranks." But then I realized like. One, I'm getting old. <laughs> I can't keep up with these kids like that. I mean, I can, but I can't. But then it was just like, I need to slow down. And then just putting people around that, like successful people and people that are going to push you. And, and it's called maturity, like right? Yeah, definitely. And that's what Pastor Caesar was doing. He's a push, pushing you to mature. Growth hurts. Yeah. Growth hurts. You don't never go to the gym to, to grow your muscles and not be sore the next day. Yeah. The same thing mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all that stuff, man. If it's not hurting, you're not doing it hard enough. Yeah. Right? Uh, you said something a while ago about chasing the 10 years ahead of you. One, one thing I could just really speak on is, especially you said something about not getting a second chance with your kids. I got a second chance with my two kids I have in the house. I have older kids, and now I can look back and say, man, you messed that up. So I'm going to do it different, right, mm -hmm. with these two kids. But now what I tell my kids now is just like now they're getting to the age they're having kids, they're buying houses and cars and stuff. But the problem is I made life comfortable for them, mm -hmm. right? They they Now they're moving out of the big house. They're moving out of, you know, the, the nicer cars. And they're trying to purchase that same success. Yeah, imitate that success. Right. And I'm just like, look. It took mom and I 20 years to get here. Yeah. You got to start from year one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to, y'all don't remember the, the little house that we started in. But see, that's good that you did that because a lot of parents will look at it the opposite way. They're like, look at where we're at. This is how we grew up. And then, you know, the kids trying to start out at whatever the low level is and they'll just, you know, just put it down. This isn't good enough, you know, and uh, they won't think. They'll get caught up in I don't know just life and won't uh, be like well remember our first house when before we had them and we first got married it didn't look like this either mm -hmm. you know what well, what happens is when you do that you put your you you put your loved ones in financial stress right yeah. because they're they're chasing something that they can't afford yeah like I never wanted to be like for what so mortgage your mom feels like happy poor or, right like yeah. you can't do nothing we you got a nice house but you can't go nowhere it exactly. better be nice because you're gonna spend all of your time there right right so Hope start up breaks man, yeah <laughs> start out something small like we did start small yeah. put some work into it sell it make some profit get something bigger but mm -hmm. I mean again it's different for everybody everybody little the what do they say like the journey to success it looks different for everybody something like that there's some catchy phrase for yeah, it. yeah. but i think uh it's 
you got to start by knowing what is the success for my life. And then a lot of people get distracted. You can get distracted by success or I'll say you can get distracted by accomplishments rather than being successful in whatever you're called to do. So you can get caught up, you know, doing a lot of youth work or whatever. But one of your original goals was I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband or whatever. And you start getting caught up in, you know, whatever you're achieving that's leading you away from that. And then you can find yourself in some of the situations, you know, y'all were describing earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, they lose their focus. You got to stay focused and not let yourself get distracted. That or they start hanging around with somebody that's making more money. That was my issue in the beginning. Yeah. I had a lot of friends that had a lot of money. And I'm like, well, I want to live their lifestyle. Yeah, they're buying this. I could, I could ball out, but sliding the credit cards. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Mm-hmm. And then I get into all this debt. And I remember I was crying to one of my friends. Um, he works for this, like, multi-billion dollar company. He does the taxes for all these billionaires, millionaires, and everything. And I was telling him, I was like, man, dude, I'm in debt. I'm in debt. I'm in debt. And he's like, Chavo, like, how much in debt are you? And me, I was like, I'm like. 13 grand in debt and he laughed in my face yeah. I was like dude I know people that are like in the millions because yeah. you crying for you goes like and then he was able like to show me like little baby steps and this stuff and that and this just shows like okay well you know that you can't hang out with these people then you know don't try to be like them because you know at the end of it all you can end up ruining yourself and then there goes your whole marriage and there goes whatever your life yeah yeah james let me ask you a quick question though uh with music right your music have you prepared yourself for for what if you know what if your band explodes okay what if you know it just it just pours down on you success after success you know have you have you thought about like this is how i'm gonna keep my center uh i don't i don't try to think too big but I know my only like financial goal with that stuff is I just want to be able to pay my bills and not have to do side jobs or whatever. Where yeah. That's like my day job and not my side project or whatever. Mm-hmm. So once I reach that, I 100% successful. Um, but I still feel successful right now because I've accomplished so much so far. Mm-hmm. And I know all the like the little baby steps to get me to the next step, to the next step. That a lot of people, they don't know about them. Which is another thing that people get. Sorry, DJ. Get those cops coming up. <laughs> you're just thinking, you're thinking about it. That's why. Dang you're thinking about that lady. Train of thought. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people don't, they don't know all the little successes you had to get to where you're at right now. And then that goes back to comparing yourself to the, you know, your friend who's got the billion dollar company or whatever. You just got to stay focused on what is the success for my life, kind of staying in your lane, type of thing. Know what it is, right? Yeah, for right. sure. Like, and I just tell one last story, and I'll be done. Like, not all, not all um, opportunities are good opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when I was youth pastor, I had the opportunity to take a six figure salary and turned it down mm-hmm. because I understood my calling. Right. Right. So my calling was to be a youth pastor. Take a six figure job at that particular time was going to take. 20 hours extra a week. Well, guess what? I spent those 20 hours doing youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So I had to pick, you, you know, and a great I, job. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, had, so I had to turn that down. Was it easy? No, but I understood a calling up front. And that was kind of like what James was talking about. I could have took a, a huge step or I could have had a lot of those little wins that got mm-hmm. me to the, I mean, got me to the same place. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily, monetarily but where well, i feel successful right yeah. right. And right you were talking like with the music 
Like, I don't know where all it's going to go. I just know, like I said, I'm focused on what I know is God's will for my life. And I know that I'm supposed to be doing that according to his will. And then whatever he decides to do with it is up to him. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll be prepared for it whenever it happens because he's always prepared me in the past. Well, I'm yeah. going to school for business, so when that happens... So I'll, I'll hit you up and get you... Uh, <laughs> got you. You know, you know I, I, uh, I've i had this conversation a few times with at different times of my life. I I, I'm, I really like to think and, and self-analyze and, and all that, but God tells us up front, okay, He says, my ways are not your ways. My, I think on another plane that you, that you all of y'all think. And... Um, you know, we start thinking about well, what is success and what is what is God's definition of success? And and uh, I know we're kind of reaching we're reaching the time limit already, but but just a, a story on this for those of you that know Elam is not my home church as far as uh, initially, right? Um, I, I came from another place. My my pastor that far I had, far away <laughs> from far far away uh, in some place in flat Earth, right? <laughs> Haven't brought that up yet, but anyway. Um, on that, okay. So my my pastor, I was with him for five years. Uh, he died at forty two, forty three years old. Of, young, of, man. Of, of, young man, young uh, man, <laughs> very young, very young compared to <laughs> Moses. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, you know, he passed away very young. I was with him six days out of the week. I was his right hand man. I, I love that guy not only as a spiritual father, but he was he was he was like an earthly father to me as well. Right. And um and and then the guy that came in after him, after the the organization that I was a part of, they sent somebody else. Um it, it, he started being very abusive over the pulpit. Uh to the place to where it was it was directed toward me. I know a lot of people say, well, I feel like he's picking on me. No, I can tell you 100% he was picking on me. He was picking on me. And at that time, I don't care how long you've been in church. Whenever the pastor has a paint a target on you, you're going to feel it. And it, it was for wrong reasons on his part. I'm a, and I'm 100% confident in saying that, but I'm not here to judge him on that, Okay. Well, I'm telling you about success and what's a failure and what's a success in God's eyes. Don't worry about to have a moment. <laughs> no. So anyway, things come about. I handed my key to that church and I say, I'm done here. Thank you for everything that you've done uh, for, for me, for my family. But it's time for me to go. Packed up my drums. It's one of the saddest days of my life. Uh, church hurt. If you've ever dealt with church hurt, it, it hits different. It hits a lot different. Some people never bounce back. I know people in my life that never bounce back. Praying for them, hopefully in the future. But uh, it's hard to bounce back after that. Anyway, I find myself on a Friday night. You know, I've been attending some of the crux services over there with Pastor Arnufo. They need help as a as a bass player. And I'm not a bass player. I've just always been a drummer. But you know what? I see the need. Let's fill it. Uh, let's, go buy, let's go buy a bass. <laughs> you know, so I bought a bass to go do that. But anyway... All of that. And then, and then you know, multiply that. Some years happened, some things, um, going back and analyzing that whole situation. Because in my estimation, that man failed as a pastor. He failed God in his calling. He failed, he failed, he failed, he failed. I was angry. I was bitter. Had a lot of remorse. All, all, just all that stuff, you know. It, and, but, but check this out. In all of that, not only did I find myself in a place that would become my home church 
but that's where I would find who would be my future wife, the mother of one of the most incredible kids on the face of this planet. I found my calling. I found my faith family. I found people that would go in the trenches with me. Some of the greatest friendships and relationships that I've ever had. And at that moment, when I think about all that stuff, I remember that man. That man needed to do exactly what he did in order to move me. He succeeded. As much as I thought that he failed me, he was actually doing exactly what he needed to be doing, whether he knew it or not. He was the hand of God was in that situation. I do not deny it. It is undeniable already. And what we believe to be a failure in hindsight, you see the hand of God orchestrating every single piece. And, 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 and I think about, you know, it's very deep to me because uh, and I've, I preached a message a couple years ago on this that, you know, my success as a, a husband, as a pastor, whatever, it's not based on people's performance. Because people are going to fail you time and time again. But, but my success lies in the fact that I'm walking with him. That That's it. It's not based on other people's performance. It's not comparing yourself. Yeah. It's just being what you need to be and making sure that you're moldable, you know, and uh, and that you're willing to have a heart that w- is, is willing to be led by God. And, um, anyway, I mean, that's... Let me, let, me, let, me, let me jump in here real quick. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you the story um, because... This is all connected. This is so crazy. Um, my church hurt. Uh, what I remember about my church hurt was packing my stuff up. And guess what one of those things were? It was a set of drums. Uh, about, about drums. Adam played. My son, my oldest son, played drums for the worship band. And so I remember taking those drums down. And it was, it was, it was something big because I bought drums without my son even knowing how to play drums. Mm-hmm. Just God said he can do it, you know? So I did that. So when we left, we took the drums down. Church hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, but it took something. So we went at this other church and kind of healed up a little bit, sat on the back row. We went to life on Fairmont for about six months, came to back to Elam, and it wasn't a month before... Pastor was like, hey, we need somebody to lead the youth until we find a, a youth pastor, mm-hmm. right? That turned into a full-time position. We had a conversation. And the conversation was, look, I know you guys have been through a lot of stuff. If you don't want to do this anymore, I'm going to slow the bus down. You can get off. Mm-hmm. James was playing drums for the church, right? Mm-hmm. He was just like, man, whenever you can get me off of here, I'd like to do some other things. And because Caesar took his drums down at his church, mm-hmm. this all is connected. You know what I'm saying? That he was able to sl- slide in on the, the opportunity that James was done on, that I was church hurt over, but God opened up another opportunity for me, open opportunity for you. Now you're the youth pastor now. I mean, it's just, 
it's crazy how we just juggled some drums here and then now <laughs> you're, you're the youth pastor you know you talk about drums when james sat down i played like three times and then caesar came in and took the drums away <laughs> but, yeah, but that's kind of cool though you know yeah. like we all have that one drum song you know that drum moment i thought that's kind of cool too. yeah <laughs> that's pretty that. cool man deep um yeah, yeah. Well, i didn't mean to get deep on no you no yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's it, it's it's that thing that I, I really believe that if if we learn how to really juggle success and and being able to properly identify it and stop holding ourselves to to unreasonable um expectations you know we you you know you can't get there right and 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 does god even want you to get there is i think is an even more important question yeah. this is what i want to leave you with and if you want to be successful this is what you need to do you need to wake up every day and do something hard mm. whatever it is do something hard that's what makes you grow. Yeah. Do that and read your Bible. Yeah. Sometimes right. that's hard for us. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. that's the hard thing. Yeah, baby. Do it. That's the hard thing. Do it. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming out, Chevo. Finally, after like thirty-four episodes, talking about me and I'm like, episodes. hey, where's my cut? Hey, hey, we had to build up our listeners, all right, yeah, before we brought you, know, you in. Yeah, we well, uh, want to bring you in. I, I am Chevo. Yeah. Um, I am the reason why C H E V O. I've been called everything else by all these different mm -hmm. pastors, Chevo. <laughs> and then to Caesar, you know, when you talking about that, you left your church. And you found all this stuff where you found yourself a shovel, and there's not that many of me out there. All so right. Welcome. We love you. <laughs>